Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall, as I interview leaders in the bar industry. We'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Are you a social bar butterfly or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar-tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy-now-pay-later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. All right, Bar Variations podcast listeners, I've got a great exclusive deal for you. I know one thing for sure, and that's that we all have too many grippy socks in our closet, but we can't get enough. So (laughs) the Point Studio has offered you, the listeners, a discount on their amazing grippy socks. They're the next best thing from being barefoot. You get 15% off your order with the code BAR VARIATIONS. That's code BAR VARIATIONS, all one word, to receive 15% off your next purchase at pointstudio.com. Want a one-stop shop for all your bar needs? Over the past few years, Bar Where You Are has continued to evolve to offer something for every bar enthusiast out there. Through their ever-growing on-demand workout library, weekly live stream options, small in-person classes, and multiple instructor trainings and workshops, Bar Where You Are strives to deliver joy, accessibility, and a sense of community. Oh, and did I mention their super cute bar swag for all you bar babes? Head over to www.barwhereyouaresc.com to check out all they have going on and use promo code BVBWYA for 10% off. If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. Good news for those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. has apparel designed for and inspired by bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, you'll be happy to know they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of the bar world. Check out their go-to line of screen-printed goodies including workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts in training. Plus, they've recently introduced digital products including creative resources for bar professionals and studio owners to take the guesswork out of what to post online so you can spend more time managing your business and less time worrying about what you're going to post on Instagram. 
And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping. Right. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Andrea Rogers from Extend Bar, who you can also find on My Open Fit, Bar Queen Extraordinaire. So, yay. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here with you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I asked all of my guests. The very first question is always, where did your movement journey begin? Oh, well, that is something that started from a very young age, I'm sure like like you as well. Uh, since I was three years old, I started dancing. And funny enough, my mother put me in dance because when I was born, I had natural internal rotation um, within my legs and I had to wear special shoes. And, you know, she always felt bad for me. She was massaging my feet every night because I had to wear these, um, you know, orthopedic shoes every single night as a baby. And the doctor said, once I started walking, as soon as she can get into dance, that will be good for her because it's going to condition her to find that external rotation. So I love to move, was always dancing to the beat of music. And my mom said that along with the doctor, um, you know, prescription to take dance is why she sent me started on a movement phase, which then turned into a lifelong passion, love and career. I love it. I love it. And I don't, I'm sure there were points in your uh maybe even teenhood of, well, the doctor said I have to go to dance, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I would use that all. That would be my (laughs) go-to. Yes. Yes. She knew, you know, my parents uh, were incredibly supportive of my passion for, for dance. And my mom, you know, was always there making the dance costumes and driving me, you know, in hindsight, now that I'm a mom of two kids and me thinking about, you know, schlepping my kids to, you know, the lower East side for a karate class. I'm like, Oh, that's so far. And then I look back and my mom drove me 45 minutes every single day to dance classes back and forth, you know, an hour and a half in the car just to get me to class five to seven days a week. So totally. I have the same conversations with my mom, like, Oh, my son, I'm like, I don't want to be on the soccer field every Saturday. And she's like, how dare you say that? She's like, I was in the car all the time. I'm like, I barely grocery shop being in New York city. I have everything delivered. So like all my, like outside the house time is like leisure and fun. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to have to sit there. And she's like, Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> I have that. Sure I'll grow guilt. Yes. Yes. Same. So yes, as we reflect as adults now parents and see how much our parents sacrifice to be able to have that consistency in our practice, it is, it's mm. tremendous. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful for that. Yeah. I, I me too. My parents were super supportive at a young age and, um, it was dance something that you took through and then after college as well, did that kind of always, was that always the underlying thing or the main thing for you? Yeah, a little bit of both. So um, I went to school and studied communications and uh, halfway through college, I had an opportunity to dance with Disney and I was also doing some backup dancing Mm -hmm. and and worked with a dance company. And I took a year off to focus on my dance career and then went back to college, finished my degree. I had a minor in dance as well. And um, yes, it was, it was always there. It is always ever present. Even as I studied through school and through college, um, you know, I was teaching dance five days a week, you know, so I'd go right from college or right to teaching until, you know, nine or 10 o'clock at night, every night. So it was never um, something that Mm -hmm. was 
know, behind the scenes, it was just always front and center for me. I love it. I love it. Uh, that was the same for me. It was like, how can I move all of the time? <laughs> how can I make movement the main thing for me? And so communications and then your dance background, it's an obvious connection of how Extend was created. So can you kind of take us through how Extend came to be? Sure, absolutely. So upon graduation, I was in a land of bewilderment. No idea what I'm going to do with my <laughs> real life in the real world, you know, quote unquote, um, and trying to just figure out where I could land in a position that would allow me to, you know, really focus on my passion, which was movement choreography, choreography and creativity, and then also marry that into a career that would be something that could be fruitful and successful and yield, you know, a strong um a beautiful life for myself, right? That could actually make me some money. Um, and I started to focus on Pilates. Um, not, naturally, I, I took Pilates as a dancer, you know, as a, you know, a student in order to make sure my body was healthy and injury free. And then I started to realize how much I loved it. You know, the, the science behind it, the um, just the natural approach to movement, you know, working in neutral spine, all the principles of the Pilates were just naturally, as you know, right? Shaking your mm -hmm. head, naturally part of what we learned growing up as, as dancers. And so the transition was seamless. I fell in love with the Pilates practice. I started teaching, I got my comprehensive Pilates certification and then I started teaching Pilates. And it was about three to four years into my teaching career um, that I started to really miss the elements of choreography. I was trained as a classical Pilates instructor, which meant you followed a very classical approach to the movements, order of exercises, sequencing. And I was like, well, what if we did this instead of this? And how could we do this? What if I stood up and did this? And you know that, you know that that is. And so um, yeah. I started to sprinkle in some of my dance choreography within my private Pilates classes, mainly using the ladder barrel as our bar. And my clients were really responding to it. They would come back in and say, do more of that dance and ballet stuff we did. I felt it in my legs. And they were connecting to it in a way that they didn't just solely with Pilates. Um, and so I decided, I had done bar classes before, you know, coming to New York City. Um, I had taken a few classes. It wasn't something back then that was very prevalent. There were only a couple companies out there doing it at that time, mainly in New York City. And, um, and I really wanted to apply the Pilates principles behind it. So I, I approached the studio owner in South Florida. I said, hey, I think I should do a bar class. Are, are you game? And she said, yeah, go ahead, launch it. Let's do it. And then within a few weeks of law, I mean, I took time, developed the repertoire. And then uh, we launched <laughs> in a couple of weeks, we were waitlisted in classes. So I knew I was onto something. And then I decided to actually pull back and really dig into what would this program look like and dig further into the repertoire and create a certification program only with the goal to like, I want more instructors because the classes were so full, you know, we needed more people teaching. And so I was like, okay, I guess I need to create a manual. Um, and that's how it just was born. It just was a very organic thing um, where people gravitated to it because they loved it. They saw results and it was something that they could continue with through all phases of their life. I love it. I, I'm going to fangirl for a second because I believe we went through the same classical Pilates training. And like you, it's a very rigid thing. And I remember being in New York hearing about your studio in Florida, because I believe the person that owned the studio was a part of that company. Yep. And I'm like, wow. Like, I remember, like, I was like such a newbie. I just graduated college and I'm like, wow, like, this is so incredible. It was just like the talk of the studio and just around the other teachers of like what was happening. And 
you know, knowing that culture back then, it was very rigid. Like, how dare you put a variation? I mean, hello, bar variations, but like, how dare you put a variation? How dare you do the classical plot? Yes. 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 And so I think a lot of people don't realize that are maybe a little bit newer to bar um, what that culture was back then, where it was very exclusive and it was very rigid. And if you deviated, like you were kind of looked down upon and, oh, um, you know, can you, <laughs> it was, and people are like, right, really? Right. And so, you know, kind of like knowing of you and seeing like, where you started from afar, you know, not stalker status, but always kind of knowing yeah. who you were in the the world and seeing how far you, it's always been such an inspiration for me. And I know I struggled kind of in that culture. And can you kind of share what it was like, you know, starting, you grew your extend business so organically. And so when you were starting a franchise, what was that culture like for you back then? Well, yeah, I, first of all, I didn't know that story. And I love that you shared that with me. And I love I know, that we have a kinship in that, in that regard, because yes, it was, it was very, it was looked upon as, it was looked down on. And I always thought to myself, well, seeing how revolutionary Joseph Pilates was and knowing um, the history of what he did and the evolution that he had in his time, right, of developing Pilates, I always thought to myself, well, he would have evolved and he would have applied these principles. And in my, in my mind, Pilates is a fund, it's a, it's a foundation of movement. It is the fundamentals of all movement. It is applied. It should be applied in all principles of exercise and forms of movement. And so I feel like if you can learn those, those movements, if you are a Pilates practitioner, I feel like you can teach any exercise workout at a higher level because of that foundation. In my opinion, I just feel like it is such a beautiful, beautiful way of moving their, the body and the principles hold true. But I also believe there's meant to be room to adapt and evolve and change and apply and, and mold and sculpt and all those things. So yes. <laughs> so yes, it was challenging. And I, I was, um, yeah, I felt, I, I felt that and I felt the pressure of it. And I felt, uh, I also felt like I was a newbie, right? Cause I was, I was looking at the companies that were here in New York City that were already on the map for five, seven, eight years, right? And had already established um, a great brand and some incredible recognition and awareness. And I was like this little girl in South Florida, you know, trying to kick something off. Um, but what happened was I just partnered and teamed up with people that were incredibly talented and really passionate and good people. And when you have that combination of people that are smarter than you, um, just as dedicated and share the same values and, and virtues as you, I feel like that growth can accelerate and it also can do so in a way that helps to, to fuel your business and identify the brand in a way that is, um, you know, j just in the, in the right way. Like sometimes when you grow too fast and too quick, you, you lose it all. And, and I had some of those growth pains, by the way, like significant. Um, but the culture that we set from the very beginning was surround ourselves with good people, talented people, and let's roll. I love it. Yeah, it really is important about who you surround yourself with. And, you know, not that you're not going to go through those growing pains. I certainly had them for myself before starting bar variations, but it, it was so evident when starting this, even, even for yourself, like who, who do you want to be around? Because I, I discovered to my own failure of like how quickly those pieces can be taken away from you. All of a sudden, you know, maybe you're giving a little piece to somebody, but then you also have to give it to this person because now they need to do something and this person, da, 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 da. and then before you know it, you're kind of this 
puppet of your own creation where True. you don't maybe have as much say and it's not about you. And um, I say this to like my mentees all the time, you know, you're growing at the pace that you need to grow at because unless you do just want to like, here, take it great. But also you don't want to just say, Hey, take it. You did all that work. It's your passion. It's your work. It's your voice. You know, it's something to be thought about, um, which you obviously thought about when expanding and scaling. And, you know, was it always your dream to maybe expand to a larger franchise and even globally, or did you just kind of cross those bridges as they came? So I never intended to have a franchise business, never. And and to be frank, it I was so green when I started. I yeah, I, you know, it was like I had no business franchising when I did because I just I you know I was like, oh, you believe in me? You believe in the brand? You want to open a studio? Let's go! You know, I, without having you know the the expertise that I needed to really scale. So I had a lot of growing pains in the franchise business. I've learned a tremendous amount, and um, and I've shifted and pivoted quite substantially from my initial um, you know business structure to where I'm at today. And that was just because along the way, as you learn, you have to be able to pivot. You know, I always say you have to be able to push turn. Right? You got to push turn. for push turn and 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 move into a different direction um which i've had to do quite a few times and it's um it you know from the outside like we always say like oh the it looks all warm and fuzzy and uh but there's it's 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 hard it's been a hard journey it's been a challenging journey but along the way i've absolutely love i love my work i love what i do so um it's you know which is a testament to being able to push turn and pivot and make those changes and to find your path again because you know, again, not that these things will never come up, right? There's always, we've all been forced through a collective pivot in the last year and a half, or well, I should, not year and a half, I should say last year, um, you know, going maybe on a year and a half by the time this yeah. year is over. <laughs> but, um, you know, you kind of express those challenging aspects, but what was the like most rewarding part about, you know, bringing in the people around you and bringing in a bigger team to scale and to grow? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the best partnerships that I made along the way was teaming up with our Australian master franchise, a company by the name of Collective Wellness Group. And they allowed me to step back and do what I do great, which is focus on content and programming and stay in that creative seat and that wheelhouse while they took on more of the operational role because they had the infrastructure, they had the ability to scale and they had the team to do it. Um, And when you partner with these type of individuals and these type of companies, you can sit in your lane and you can do what you do best. And that is something I've, you know, always dug into. I do not pretend to know everything and be the best at everything. I do not sit back and go, you know, this is my company and I have to do everything. I'm, I, although I, I do like to have some control over the business, <laughs> I'm also very willing to let go of that control as um, my, in my areas of weakness. Um, and so because I'm able to do that and p- partner with these great, great individuals and, and teams, um, the business can soar, it can scale, it can grow. And I've done that with our Asia partners and with our Australia partners. And I've seen the business go to a level that I could never have taken it to by myself. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because often there's a lot of pride behind entrepreneurship or solopreneurship where it's like, I'm doing it all, I'm doing the social media, I'm doing the marketing, I'm running the studio, you know, most people have brick and mortars, I'm running the online business and 
again, as we've all learned, I think a lot of people have learned this year, you can't do it all. And even for myself, letting go to say a marketing team or to have help at administration wise, there's just no way you can do it all well. You know, not that, you know, the ego comes in, it's like, oh, well, I, I could do it, but should you do it? Right. Is always the question. And um, I think that's what a lot of people kind of get hung up on in their own, even brick and mortar studios, you know, and so it's, um, it, it is so, it's a lot. It's a, it's really refreshing. And then now they feel like I have a lot of mentees. They're like, well, now I'm supposed to be online. And I'm like, you're, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you don't have to do any, like, you know, for you and I coming up in this, you know, even you before me, it was a much different time culturally. There was certain mm-hmm. lanes and pathways that yes. those were kind of the only things, you know, and you are definitely on the forefront of expanding your brand personally and through extend by, you know, having partnerships in other countries and ha- going with open fit, you know, having an on-demand platform, having the streaming. And so, you know, you it's been super inspiring to watch all that. And how do you make uh, sure that you stay grounded in your own values when making these decisions on a larger level? You know what? That's never been an, that's never been an issue for me. <laughs> I like my mom, but, my mom always says she was, she like always made sure that I felt guilty if I did anything wrong. She instilled <laughs> a may, she does, she says that. Cause I always say like, I mean, I have a, I, I call, you know, it's like my compass, I call it, but it's my conscience and it, it is very loud and it's very proud. And, um, and it has been my guiding star my entire life. And so I just know in my heart, what is going to be right for me and the people that surround me. And I make those decisions very clearly and without second guessing it. So, um, if it doesn't sit well in my gut, it, it doesn't happen. Um, I'm pretty, pretty direct on that in that. So I don't really, I, I never, even something as little as the brands I work with on social media, if I don't love the brand, I do not support the brand, you know, and I can have my, my social media team will say, Hey, we got this great product, this great deal. And it's going to, it's going to pay well. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to try it for a couple months and then let's talk about it. You know, cause I just, I have to maintain that integrity because that's everything to me. Um, and that's where I can look at myself in the mirror and go, no matter what happens, like I'm, I can put my head on the pillow at night, look at myself in the mirror and be proud of who I am and the decision I make. So not that everything's yeah. going to be right and perfect, but, um, no, but, you know. but the, the shine, there's so much shiny stuff that can come your way. And especially if you're in a position of influence, all of a sudden you get pinged with all of these things of like, oh, try that. And it, your integrity is very clear and your mission and your purpose and all of that comes through very clear and authentically because you're not just an ad. You're not just giving things out or putting things out there that don't resonate with you and you haven't used before. And I do appreciate that because we kind of get lost in this like scrolling ad where we're in the social media world where everything is kind of coming at us of like, this, what is this? What, what, this shirt, what I'm supposed to have these things or, or am I supposed to be doing these things for my business in order to get ahead? It, It can get so clouded and crazy. And, you know, I think, hearing from you and, you know, that strong stance of like, I don't back down from my own, you know, compass is so important because no matter, you know, what your business is, whether it's an in-person studio online or whatever, 
you can slowly start to get these shiny things chipping away at you if you are not careful and you're not strong because your clients will all of a sudden be requesting things like, oh, well, what if you did this? And you're like, oh, sure, let's try it without really thinking of it. Oh my before God. you know it. Yes, or you know that. Yes, 100%. Everybody has an idea for you and everybody has a new direction for you and everybody has a new product for you. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. Everyone knows how to run your business better yes. than you. <laughs> you know what I had the hardest time with, I struggle because I really want to support especially other small businesses. And I get asked, I mean, I, I'm sure you do too, but how many people write to me and say, can you promote this? Can you do that? I'm like, and I've had, I've had to get good at saying no. And it's been hard for me because it's hard for me to tell someone who's actually taking that courage to step forward and ask me to do something to be like, unfortunately, no, I can't. I'm, and I just have said, like, I'm trying to mind my time and be respectful of my time and the other you know, the other projects that I have invested time in and I, but I've, it's been a struggle and it's something that I'm getting much better, better at, but it has been a learning curve for me to be able to say, this isn't for me. And I shouldn't feel guilty that I'm saying no to something. And I shouldn't feel bad that I'm saying no to it. I've had to get over that little guilt. Yeah. And I think too, like <clears throat> the person asking, I've had to learn this as well, where the no is not personal necessarily. Not. Right. It's most of the time, not personal where I always like people that approach me. I'm like, I'm so happy you reached out to me and you thought of me. Like I really, you know, but however, I'm not doing this right now. Right. Keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. It's not, it's not personal. And it's like, I, I'm definitely guilty of like, I love everybody. And I want like everyone to be friends and hold hands. And I want, especially if it's a female business owner, I'm like, I want to support you girl, but I, I can't say yes to everything. I just can't. So yes, I'm getting better at saying no. Yeah. And it's such a, you know, you bring up, we're recording this on International Women's Day and it is such a female thing where I try to now flip the script where it's like, if somebody asked my husband on his podcast to like sponsor it and he said, no, would anybody question his decision to say no, right? No, it's not the same. And also I think I try to think about it. It's like, well, where's that pressure coming from? Is it internally within like a female community of like, oh, well, we're supposed to be supporting each other, but yet you're my competition. And yet, so there's so many layers to it that I love kind of like trying to unpeel like my thoughts behind it when I start feeling that guilt or even the mom guilt, like with my son of like, should I be my friend of mine today? She's listening to this um, thing for work. And she's like, oh, this woman said something really kind of like interesting. She said that like, you know, enjoy the time you change your baby's diaper because it's an opportunity to bond. And I was like, has she ever changed a diaper? <laughs> and I was like, oh, and like just wrong those like mom guilts. Like, oh, if you're not enjoying every disgusting right. aspect of right. taking care of <laughs> Right. Like you're supposed to. Yes, exactly. I get it. And, and I'm oh. all about loving the extraordinary, ordinary moments in life. I am. But it's also yes. about accepting reality and, and being okay with it. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to enjoy that. You don't want to. Yes, I get it. I get it. Yes. Um, So when, you know, I just mentioned OpenFit before. So when that opportunity to be a part of OpenFit presented to your, like presented to you, can you kind of share why this was the right next step for you and for Extend? Sure. So OpenFit was a partnership that I was going after for over six years. 
So um, their uh, parent company is, is another online uh, brand. And I had started speaking with them six years prior to actually signing my contract with OpenFit. And at the time, they really didn't know a bar really was. Bar wasn't a, you know, in the marketplace as it stands today. And I just kept knocking on the door and I would call the executive who actually ended up helping me secure this contract every six months. And I'd be like, hey, girl, it's me. <laughs> Are you guys doing bar yet? You want to do bar? You want to do bar video? Want to work with me? Want to be my friend? Let's go. And I would do it every six months. And I would say, here it is, six month month again. I'm reaching out to you just to see. And I did that for six years. So finally, I get a phone call from them. And she's like, hey, we're launching a new company. And we want you to head up and be the exclusive bar provider. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so at that time, I was actually already pretty significantly invested in doing my own thing. I was going to launch my own app. I was going to create it myself. I was like, okay, I can't wait any longer. You know, online, we that push turn was happening. And we were pulling away from the domestic brick and mortar and focusing more on online. And we were making the investments. We were probably about halfway through um, getting that software developed and, and launched when I got that tap on the door. And uh, I said, all right, I got to do this. So teamed up with OpenFit and it has been one of the best partnerships I've ever, uh, decisions I've ever made and partners I've ever had. So it's helped us to launch into more of a household name. It's helped us to, you know, find our way through this pandemic as the majority of our studios were shut down. And it's helped us to expand our reach so that more individuals understand the power of Extend Bar, what the workout is about, and the power of bar workouts in general. Um, and so I've been incredibly, incredibly grateful, not only for the team at OpenFit, but I'm incredibly grateful for the members of OpenFit who have become a little family of mine, you know, um, we meet on a regular basis and these are some of the most dedicated, motivating, empowering women I have ever worked with. And it's, it sounds, it sounds quite cheesy, but it's truly like a joy to work with them. I just love it. I really love it. They fill my bucket. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a wonderful partnership for me. It's so, I mean, it was perfect perfect timing. And I think what we see now is like all these launching of apps, right. And which we're probably most likely years in the making for a lot of people. Right. And, you know, it's a, it's a heavy, heavy duty investment. And, you know, just cause you're in the app store doesn't mean you're going to get seen. And so having the opportunity to reach that many people, um, I think a lot of people are now kind of tuned into the home workout scene. They are so, so dedicated and, you know, to be able to be that self-motivated in order to, you know, sign up for a program and right. continue and see it through and track your progress and right. put yourself out there and before and after photos and just your journey sharing with other people. It is, um, I think been a great surprise to a lot of people who were not in that world before and seeing how, Oh, wow. People will pay or online class. Oh, okay. You know, I think it was a surprise and how much community can happen um, through the digital space. And, you know, what you said before about them filling your bucket, it, it truly like is, it's inspiring even to myself, just being able to connect with people yes. online and even through the podcast and all of that. And um, feels good. You know, it does feel good. And so can you share, you know, kind of maybe one of the top inspiration stories that you uh, came across or somebody told you um, through open fit and extent? We, we just had, we had tears today on a call today because oh. it was uh, almost every Monday, somebody cries <laughs> every Monday we have a <laughs> webinar. And it, today um, we just had a really 
beautiful sharing among many of the women on, on the call today and most of them sharing their success. And then one individual jumped in today and she had been talking about our Facebook group page, which is just a really, really supportive group. And she said, you know, I, because of personal circumstances, I wasn't able to work out for two weeks. And she's been consistent every day for like over a year. And she said, she posted something along the lines of she was feeling defeated and feeling guilty and, and um, you know, down on herself because she wasn't working out for these two weeks. And as she's telling us this today on the webinar, she just starts to cry. And she said, the outpouring of love and support from this group and the encouragement and motivation that I felt. And she just was crying, you know, and all of us were starting to get teary eyed. And she just said, this is the most special and rare, um, you know, group. And to have these women cheering me on and saying, don't worry and don't be so hard on yourself and just press play tomorrow, you know, and, and it was just a beautiful thing. And we have, I'm telling you every Monday, we have at least like a half a dozen to a dozen of these stories that are being shared. And so I start my week out every week with this amazing group. Mm. And it sets the tone. It just sets the tone for living gratefully and full out. It said that's a lovely Monday morning to be able to have those, uh, <laughs> that moment and that meeting. And, um, you know, I know I'm going to say this, but like as a mom, like I know the work that you do with your girls to set those intentions, um, is very important to you. And can you kind of share how your work life and your own, you know, values, plays a role in raising your daughters for future success. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, it's just me and my girls. So the three of us live in New York City. And so it's, you know, um, I feel a lot of responsibility for molding them into the lovely little ladies that they are today and will be continue to be and, and grow into the strong, fierce, independent, courageous, kind women that they will, uh, will be soon enough. Um, and, you know, I just really focus on, as I told you, what my mother instilled with me, you know, focusing on having that compass, that internal compass to know what is right and wrong, and then also providing them with a foundation of support, um, letting them know they are incredibly special girls, but that there are a lot of special people in this world <laughs> and that they have to work hard, right? And that they need to really focus on, you know, giving their attention to things that matter and, and not focusing on the things that don't matter. So we have a couple of things that we talk about around the house, but one thing is heart up and mind up. And they're just two little philosophies that we've um, implemented during COVID actually, when my daughters were getting frustrated with their homework, you know, coming out of their Zoom calls and, you know, just getting a little frustrated with not understanding something or a concept. And I would sit down and have like a little bit of a lecture to them about how they can do anything. They just have to put their mind to it. They have to have patience and, and consistent effort over time because the results, my mantra. And then we kind of put that whole little mantra together and I was like, mind up. So now if they have a moment, I'm like, ah, just mind up. And they know to kind of just go, okay, take an internal assessment. They've got this, they can do it, take a breath and attack it. And then with hard up, if they're getting on each other's nerves or they're frustrated with each other or, or speaking in an unkind way to one another, I just say hard up, lead with your heart, you know, just lead with kindness. And so it's become just something quick that I can say and I don't need to lecture them every single time. I'm just like hard up, mind up. <laughs> and then that's, that's it. I love it. It's such a coach training thing to do. I'm, the, the, I'm like, like, how can we get the cues as short as they can be? And how can those cues turn into good form and technique? Oh, yeah. I used to have a client that we were so on the same page, him and I, and we were just were cut from the same cloth. And 
our sessions would end up just being like, eh, eh, like, yeah. like <laughs> oh, it's like grunting because it was just like, he's like, knew what I was going to say. I'm like, eh, no, mm, yeah. And then so, we'd laugh. And then I'm, like, so funny. I'm like, you're the most concise cueing I've ever done. <laughs> um, I love that, you know, you talked about staying in your lane, so to speak, before being able to do the creative things that you love doing. And, you know, I see that open fit has kind of been an opportunity for you to expand on your own personal brand. So you've relaunched your own website, which includes fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. Can you explain to the listeners a little bit more about what that entails and kind of your goals for your own personal brand? Well, I have always wanted to venture into the personal brand space. It's something I've always wanted to do. I have a lot of ideas and thoughts and, you know, things that I've been writing down for years, but running Extendbar and being a single mom takes up a tremendous amount of time. But with the pandemic and the lot you know, not rushing the kids to, you know, classes after school and not having to be at all these meetings and all these other things that I had going on. I had more time on my hands. I did. It wasn't, you know, that game of rushing from point A to point B. It Mm. was just, we were home. And so I decided if I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I just was like, let's do it. Let's just do it. And I just dug in. So typically after the kids go to bed at night, I would just start working on the second phase, you know, so it'd be kids in bed and then let's start website design. Let's start copywriting. Let's start, you know, all other things. And then the ALR bar was something that I've been wanting to launch for years. Um, and so, you know, found my partner for that and launched that and a couple other projects that are coming up this year too, which I'm excited about. So I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, as any mom knows, listening to this, it's the after bedtime, my son wakes up at five or five 30 in the morning and it is like, ugh, it is, I'm an early bird. And I was like, I'm cursed with an early, early bird. Oh my God. Yes. But he also goes to bed at six o'clock, which is great because he's so tired. But there's so much work that gets done, I think, for moms who have businesses or run their own thing in those later hours. You know, it's doing that hard work in the beginning and setting that foundation truly pays off and taking the time when you have it. And something I know I've learned as a mom, like, okay, here are my projects I want to get done or here are my tasks that I need to do. When those five minute comes up, okay, this is my five minute task. This is like my, I have an hour. Okay, yeah. I can do it. And, and also, you know, re- realizing those like limitations. So are there any other things that came out of um, COVID that kind of will, you'll take with you moving forward, knowing now that you've um, been able to prioritize time differently or have had to prioritize time differently? Yeah. I mean, one thing, one little habit that I've changed. Um, well, first of all, I've never been a big TV watcher, like at night. I just haven't recently I've started to just cause I've fallen into it, but I haven't like for years. I just haven't, I don't know why, but, um, when I was going through my divorce and my separation, for some reason, I just, I don't know. I just didn't turn the TV on. Instead, I would write or read or just do work. I would pretty much do work all the time, which is probably pathetic because I just don't. <laughs> my hobbies are. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Um, work. That's me too. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, working. Um, so I've always just done that. But one thing I would do is I would stay up super late. And and I recently, over the last few months, have been like really setting an earlier bedtime for myself. Now, I don't always adhere to it. But for the most part, I try to get myself to bed early. Um, and when I do that, like I start, like I said, I, the kids go to bed and I dedicate, I don't like have this like five hours of work like I used to at night. I'll just say, okay, I'm going to dedicate an hour of really focused work. And then if I want to watch a show, I'll watch a show and I want to be in bed by 10 o'clock, you know? So I kind of, I've been sticking more strictly to that type of routine, which has helped me 
because I like to wake up early and be super productive in the morning. I like to have a nice big breakfast and a healthy breakfast in the morning. I like to work out before I have to get on my first Zoom and do all those things. And so it's helped me to kind of, um, it's also helped me to have a little bit of a my own personal time by myself at night that is not in my work zone. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of one little thing I've done recently. Yeah, it's so important because I, I came across that too. Like if had I not had my son right at the beginning of COVID. She's, I'm like, there's his birthday's coming up and a lot of, I know one year I can't I feel even. Like you just and, had him. I feel like you just were pregnant. I same. I, and then it feels like a dream at the same time. I know, time. I know, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm so grateful it happened when it did, even though the world was so crazy, it really forced me to look at what was important. Cause I definitely for so many years was allowing those shiny things to come at me or just doing busy work or being like, Oh, I have to manage my social media. It has to be me all the time. And, um, it really pushed me to make the investment of getting help and not feeling like a failure if I'm not doing all of the tasks and then realizing, you know, and I'm sure a lot of the listen listeners can relate as maybe full-time teachers, or maybe they have a full-time job and they teach bar a lot of them where it's like, okay, yeah, what are your hobbies? What are you doing for you to fill your bucket? That's not work, even though right. we love our job. <laughs> right. And that you can kind of uh, chill out. I am a TV person. I hate to admit it. Like I will watch every, okay. my dad and I are like, we could be TMZ. We're terrible. Like just ingest it all. <laughs> so, like, it drives that, my mom crazy. Healthy outlet and everybody has to have that healthy outlet. So. Totally. Totally. To a little bit more. I used to years ago, but now I'm trying to get back into it. I'm like, I'm trying to get back into it. Bridgerton helped. Yeah. Let me tell you, Bridgerton helped. <laughs> it, it did. It, it really did. We had to like get off also like the murder mystery train. I'm like, this is a lot of murder. Like it's really dark for COVID. Like, I think we need to. Stop. I know I needed light. I was like, only light. I cannot have anything heavy right now. Only light. Yeah. Brid Bridgerton definitely, definitely helped. Um, you know, and your ALL bar that you were talking about is so gorgeous and it's such a like trophy of achievement that goes with even your barology that you launched as well. So it's separate of extend, you have a certification program. Um, and can you share a little bit more about, you know, the differences of that program? Cause it's pretty unique in what you package and what you offer the trainees. Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted, so with extend bar, our extend bar program is quite intensive. It's a comprehensive program um, and it's exclusive to our studios, our franchise studios and licensed studios. So in order to become Extenbar certified, you have to be affiliated with either a franchise or licensed business. Um, and it, it's it, it's a little bit more strict in terms of what you can do and can't do and how you do it. And it's an incredible community and an incredible education. Um, but we wanted to create a, a secondary program that would allow people who wanted to learn the basics of bar, um, how to teach it and um, be able to launch their own personal careers pretty much at this time of the year, or at this time through virtual communication and virtual platforms. Um, and so we launched Barology and it's been incredibly successful. Um, and it's been so exciting to see so many individuals that were members on OpenFit as well, who wanted to simply get mm. their technique, not necessarily teach, but we're like, hey, I have done, you know, extend bar now for a year. I'm addicted to it or members who've been doing it for 10 years and say, you know, I want to, you know, 
increase my knowledge and understanding of the why behind the movement. And mm -hmm. so this gives them the foundation to do that as well. And then we also launched with Barology something called business, their business in a box. So what it is that it allows them to set up their own type of payment system. It's their own website, their own gateway system through our portal so that they can just become a member of Barology and everything's done and they don't have to worry about setting up their website and setting up their payment portals and their Zoom and all that kind of stuff. It's just a one-stop shop for people that want to teach bar online. Which is so lovely because so much of that is the work that people don't necessarily want to take the time exactly to do in addition. That's and it's exactly. such a nice, nice offering. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said that, um, your members are taking it because, you know, having done my yoga certification too, it always impressed me that workshops and trainings were not exclusive to just becoming a teacher. I think Pilates is a little bit doing a little, like, tiny, very, very tiny, but you don't see it in other places where I'm excited to see maybe that shift happen now that people are working out more at home and understanding that their quote unquote own practice is just as important as having that in-person interaction and community and group class that these trainings, they're not just to create teachers, but they're there to teach you the why behind the movement and, you know, can help you develop your own class at home, you know, so you can go exactly. back to your house and say, Hey, these are the exercises I want to do. Let's put them together. And, you know, the agency that I think is coming out of this time, I hope to see it continue as well. Um, and I hope for, you know, as teacher trainers out there that more people that are just our students take these trainings as well and feel welcome and don't feel the intimidation that, Oh, yeah. I don't want to teach or I have to speak in front of people. You know, it's that to me is like, you just do it. Like you could have taught yesterday. Here, yeah. Here are the tools, but like, just, you got it. It's fine. <laughs> um, so can you share um, some things that you're looking forward to in the future with all of your ventures? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this week I'm looking forward to 66 degrees of weather in New York City. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited to be outside and be breathing in the fresh air and <sighs> longer walks and hopefully having the city and energy come back alive because it has been a challenging year here specifically. Um, yes. But yeah, so I, I honestly, I'm just, to this morning I woke up and I had this overwhelmingly excited, optimistic, like, burst of energy. And I think it's because of the spring coming, but I also think it's because I have a lot of projects in the pipeline right now. Um, so continuing to focus on ALR, we're going to be dropping a new product in the coming months, which I'm excited for. Um, I've teamed up with a couple different brands to do some collaborations, which I'll be launching the next month, um, which are things that I've been trying to do for years and have finally come to fruition. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I'm just looking forward to my girls continuing to grow and develop and watching them shine. You know, during COVID, we had an opportunity to just lean into one another. And mm -hmm. it, I've never been closer to my girls. And I've always been incredibly close to them, obviously. They're my kids, right? But yeah. something with COVID happened where I, I think the the stress of the of the everyday was removed. And we just leaned into one another. And it was this, I, I don't know, it just bonded us in a, in a way mm -hmm. that I don't know if we would have gotten there the same way with all of us rushing around and going to school and doing all these other things. It just, I don't know, it was just us and we have no family here and we, have, we had no support system here. And so it was just like, we just had each other's back. And so I'm just, you know, I'm just looking forward to a year where we can get out and visit people and live life and all those simple things. Um, 
I'm really, really excited for. Yeah, our zone. I'm with you. I saw the weather and I think because you've been in New York now a little bit over a year, but having kind of one of the years be COVID time, it is a very unique place where we were the hub of it for a while. And we've been strictly locked down for the longest. And, you know, the the little things you start to miss about your city and, you know, you choose to live in this place because you, the world is your playground when you live in New York City. And when all of a sudden you don't have your playground, you're like, oh, you know, and I know for my husband and I and my son, I'm like, wow, we're so flip side grateful that the three of us could spend an entire year. I know, right? Like growing together, which is Exactly. You wouldn't have that opportunity. You'd never. be hustling and rushing and going th- here and there. You guys have totally. the same thing. You had an opportunity to sit and actually observe and watch and like be present, you know, because you had no other choice. But it's yeah. a beautiful blessing to be able to have that kind of time together. hundred percent. I was like, if I miss my son's first dance, I will die because I literally stare at him all day. I did I not miss it. his first steps. He has I taken many steps that. now, but I was like, oh my God, what if he does it? And I like, just having to turn around. I'm like, Oh my God, calm down. But, um, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm excited about the warm weather. Also like a true New Yorker. We forget. We're like, Oh yeah. Oh, life. Like spring is here. Exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> I'm like year. high right now. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. Um, so I have two more questions for you. Um, I ask these two questions to everybody. They're like my two little segments and the one is heard at the bar. And so this is anything that you've heard along your journey that you know to be true or that you're like, no, somebody told me this and it's definitely not true. Um, anything, maybe a client or you hear kind of a myth or whatever, anything that you've heard that you want to ring true or debunk. Oh my God. I love that. That's so cute. I've heard you. I love your <laughs> time, by the way, I think it's so inspiring. I love, I love the messaging behind it. Cause some, yes, yeah, sometimes it's just, I'm, I'm like, no, I call bullshit, right? Like I call bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true. Yes, exactly. You know, one thing I'll say is that when I approached the creation of Extend Bar, I wanted to get outside of the bubble of down an inch, up an inch, and that all bar movements had to be small, pro, isometric move, and that we had to like, you know, sit in that burn zone and shake our quads out for like, you know, a minute and a half. And I wanted to approach it. I was like, uh, no, we can still get that same effect of a workout and still work those muscles in a safe way, not to like full exhaustion, but like nice little fatigue there. And we can do big movements and they can be in all ranges of motion and all planes of movement. And, you know, I wanted to just get out of that, like lower and lift, take it down and up one and like, okay, we need to step outside that. We just need to get outside that. I don't get it. I'm like, why can't I lift my arm up? Why can't I go to external rotation? Why can't I pivot to the bar? Why can't I do a big, huge second position into a big kick? Why can't I do, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to get out. That that was like, I felt like when I first took my bar classes, I enjoyed it and I understood the power of it. And I understood the science behind it. But I also was like, come on guys, like let let us move, you know, let me move my body. I want some big movements here. Um, And so, yeah, so I would say people that are taking a bar workout that literally you don't move your body more than a centimeter. Some of those are incredibly effective moves, never taken away from that by any means, but it is not a bad thing to then go into a big, huge range of motion type of movement, Mm -hmm. let your body flow and feel Mm -hmm. and uh, not just be so contracted in the movement. Yeah. I'll add on to that. When I first started, um, 
bar years, years ago, I was like, I don't understand why everyone's keeping a bend in their knees. And why, I was are, we, like, and why are we tucking our pelvis when we're doing bicep curls? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, the stance of it, it was very popular at the time to stand in neutral, like neutral feet, tucked pelvis, bent knees. And I'm like, but I don't walk around like this. Like I just didn't quite. And I think, you know, speaking to your Pilates background as well. And as a dancer, I think what happened with bar, I'm seeing much like Pilates that like, oh, we must stick to the original and we must only do this and stay rigid where again, even Lottie Burke herself was a very innovative woman. Very. <laughs> she, she would have for sure created other moves and expanded. And actually her original, original moves some larger range motions. So I do see that there's been an infiltration of dancers where it's funny because like you think, oh, well, dancers created it. And then it became a lot more fitness than actual dance. Cause then you see all these dancers come in. They're like, well, I'm going to kick my leg up to my you know shoulder and I'm going to yeah. do this. So yeah. it's been super interesting. And I'm glad that's kind of whatever there's different paths for everyone. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. And I, I love yes, the myth of the one inch up and down. And that's the best way. Like anytime somebody is like, this is the way to do it. And you have, I'm like, no, is it, is it, and, and, <laughs> and you know, so many people have this philosophy of like, it's in black or white, it's right or wrong. And it's like, no, so there's a lot of gray in there too. And yeah. you're going to do what works for your body and what feels good on you. You know, if, yes. if this move, this, if this doesn't feel good on you, then don't do it that way. Then get yeah, totally. then it out a little bit. No, it doesn't have to always be in parallel. No, it doesn't have to always yeah. be turned out, you know, like it doesn't, there's no rule. Yeah. Just do just work in a strong technique and form. Exactly. Uh, recently I've seen somebody's TikTok where, uh, they debunk the, uh, never let your knees go or knees go past your toes. And it was so funny. And she's like trying to sit on the couch with like not putting her knees over the toes. It's so funny. I was like, I I was like, yes, genius. Loved it. Yeah. I'm like, uh, what is Um, functional movement people? (laughs) Yes. Totally. Totally. And especially watching my son and his development of learning how to walk and stand and all of these things. Like, I'm like, he knows he's fine. If it doesn't feel good, he's going to shout and he's going to change positions. He'll be just fine. Yep. (laughs) And he'll be just fine. Um, so good. My last question for you is a little fun one. It's kind of like the old school magazine, like what's in your bag, but this is the what's in your bar and it's expanded to beauty bar spirits bar, coffee bar, any type of bar. So like, what's your like thing that you can't live without daily? <laughs> oh my God. I love oh, beauty bar is definitely going to be my thing. Cause I'm not a big, I'm not a big, uh, uh, drinker and I only drink like socially. Um, and yeah, and I don't drink coffee too often. So I love coffee, but it doesn't sit well with me. So it's definitely the beauty bar. And that would be a whole nother podcast for us. <laughs> I am obsessed with products and I love it. I'm actually right now, I just ordered a new under eye concealer by It Cosmetics, which is Bye Bye Under Eye Illuminating and it's fantastic. Um, But no, I'm like a big, I mean, Sephora. You're the best girl, mom. I mean, you convinced me today you did something about uh, the Bondi yes hair, hair products that oh my god you have to try that brand it's so i just good. bought them i was like it's so good Andrea knows she has like, the best beauty the thing. <laughs> i saw it i saw it online right i'm like this sounds so good and i've had friends that like swore by it and then i'm like okay so i got the product right they sent me some product i'm like oh my god this is really good when i posted it just the original product i had so many followers reach out and they're like just wait 
you're going to, it's like a game changer. You're going to take your extensions out. You won't even need your hair extensions because it's so good. I'm like, really? And now I'm a month in. I'm like, I love it. It's oh, so, I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah. You're going to love it. I'm- I'm so excited. My mom was such a hippie, no makeup. I had two brothers in the house growing up and my stepsister lived in the UK and she was the beauty girl. Her other stepsister works high up with a nail company. And I would always go and visit like, do do my face. (laughs) And like, she's watching me like do my nails and they're like, oh my God, stop. Who's helping? I'm like, I mean, as you can see, I like don't blow dry my hair. I'm like, so you're beautiful. You don't need anything. You're so gorgeous. No, but I love it. So I'm like, yes. What is she using? Oh, I was like, Andrea's the no, best hair. You probably should definitely use this. Oh my God. I, but I'm obsessed. Yeah. I'm a product junkie and it's, I love my products. I really do. I'm a girly girl like that. Love it. I love it. Well, I just want to thank you so much. And before so we go, can you, you tell everybody? Oh, I know. Um, can you tell everybody where to find and follow you and all the fun stuff? Sure. Uh, the fastest way to find all of the programs and brands is under my Instagram, which is Andrea Extend Bar with no E in front of the X. So X-T-E-N-D-B-A-R-R-E. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You are so... Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you'd like to write into this podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations. And you can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com, where you can find show notes, archived episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.